Now listen for God's word. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to the fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? And here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and get the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, listen. For all these years, I've been working like a slave for you, and I've never disobeyed your command, yet you've never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice. Because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's be seated. There's a myth out there that most people are normal. I understand statistically that sentence makes no sense whatsoever. But there's a myth out there that that most people simply get along in a routine, functional way. Heard a friend of mine say one time that 98% of families were dysfunctional. And if that's true, then that means that the abnormal has become normal. But you already were suspecting that based on the last few years. 
People don't need to be embarrassed about the fact that they have problems in their dysfunctional families. Everybody has that. The, the Bible is, has its eyes wide open to the fact. The Old Testament is full of brother conflicts, Cain and Abel, Jacob and Esau, Joseph and all the 11 others. This story is not so much a brother conflict because it is focused not on either of them, but rather on the father. So let us listen to this one of the greatest of Jesus' parables. The younger brother was a prodigal who left home. He came to his father, you know the story. He asked for what would eventually be his by division, but he wanted it now. No doubt he said to himself, if not to his father, it's my right to have this. We often learn to value our rights before we value our relationships. And when the younger brother claimed one, he lost the other. He wanted something from his father, but he didn't want the father himself. In fact, to do what he did essentially meant he was treating his father as having already died. He gets to the far country, he spends what he has, and then famine hits. You see, all the problems were not his, of his doing. The famine didn't have anything to do with what he had done. It just meant that his misbehavior first had put him in a worse situation. A lot of people are like that. They treat other people like dirt. And then when they get in a problem, they don't understand why nobody's there to help them. There are people who leave parties having had too much to drink, but they get behind the the wheel of the car anyway. If everything goes well on the way home, they might make it home safely. But they're in no position to to deal with someone pulling out in front of them or a curve that's a little steeper than they remembered. So the the prodigal who left was in the far country. He came to himself, Luke tells us, which means that the journey home began with a journey within himself. He had treated his father as if he were dead, but something of that, the father stayed in, the, in his mind. He still remembered his father. There was something about that broken relationship that convinced him that if he had enough nerve to go home, that he would find some degree of welcome. And he was willing to come home. And all this describes those who wander far from the heavenly father. Perhaps it describes you now or at some time in your life. These are the folks whose sins are plain for all to see. Everybody who knows them can identify those folks' sins. But the promise is that they, when they go home, can find a loving father if the religious folks don't get in the way. Which brings us to the other brother, whom I'm calling the prodigal who stayed at home. 
the, remember the, the scene such as Jesus describes it. He comes in, he begins, the younger brother begins his speech and is interrupted. He's, he's got a wonderful speech. He's already rehearsed it in the far country. And he comes home and he gets through part of it. And the father interrupts him as if to say, okay, okay, I understand. Good for you. Now forget about that because there's something more important. And that is that you've come home. Robe, ring, shoes, and the fatted calf. All these are indications of the the welcoming embrace of the Father. Even the servants welcome him, it seems. But typically, the stay-at-home brother is at work. Of course he is. He wouldn't, have, he wouldn't have thought of doing anything else, as he reminds us in, in his speech. Listen to, to the speech. Unlike the, the younger son who came home and began his address with father, the prodigal who stayed at home begins his speech with listen. And you can say it with as much nastiness as you want, because I think it's all there. Listen, he says, unlike the father and the servants who refer to the, the, the homecoming one as your brother, he says, this son of yours. Jesus doesn't tell us that the prodigal in the far country uh, uh, visited harlots, but the older brother does. He is the prodigal who stays at home. And his, son, his sins are not out there for everyone to see. His sins are quiet. They are pride, jealousy, and resentment. If the father has no sense of justice about him, well, thank you. He'll just stay on the outside of the party. Now, you may have been wondering why the lectionary would have us read the introductory verses of Luke 15 and then skip over the other two brilliant parables in the story to get to this one. And the story, the, the truth is that it's those first three verses that tell us who Jesus was talking about when he got to the parable that we call the parable of the prodigal son. He was targeting the scribes and the Pharisees of that day. And who is he speaking to today? People like me. People who have been nice and good and we've gotten our church just the way we like it. And we're not really excited about somebody coming in and, and wanting to make changes or wanting to disturb the routine. Years ago, somebody gave us a print, a Buckley Moss print. It says, dear Lord, please make the bad people good and the good people easy to live with. <laughs> That's a good, it's a good quotation for preachers who have to put up with certain lay people. And for a lot of lay people who have to put up with certain preachers, make the good people easy to live with. In a, in a book of technical theology and commentary, I found one of the greatest evangelism passages, sentences ever. He said, in, in every religious assembly, the most important person is the outsider. The most important person is the one who you think doesn't belong. The prodigal who went away didn't really belong. 
But the, the prodigal who stayed needed to learn how to say, my brother. We must share the father's joy. Now make no mistake, the father is the one at the center of the parable as God is at the center of our lives. Edward Schweitzer says of the father, he is almighty and yet he is powerless. Hear those words, almighty and yet powerless. It was beyond all expectation that he would accede to to his younger son's demand to give to to the younger. It was beyond all expectation that he would be looking for the younger to come home and run to meet him. The father enjoying the feast is a true picture of God. And when someone does come home from the far country, we must remember that and rejoice. But in the parable, there is another picture of the Father and of God. That is where he leaves the party and goes out to the elder brother. He is unwilling to reject either son just because that son has rejected him. He affirms not only the homecoming of the one who ran away, but he affirms the one who stayed at home as well. And as we read further into the Gospel of Luke, we shall soon find another picture of God. When we see Jesus on the cross, all-powerful and yet powerless, scorned by the righteous ones at the foot of the cross making fun of him, scorned by the thief on one side of him, making fun of his inability to save himself, and yet still inviting God's children to the feast. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Today, you shall be with me in paradise. And so he speaks to you and me. Whether, whether we're miles away in the far country or only a few feet away just outside the party. Because when we come home to God, we all come home as sinners. Never think that you can make it on your own. And if you insist on being given what you deserve, you will miss the Father's grace. But like the prodigal in the far country, if we come to ourselves we shall come to him. So, is there something holding you back? If if you are or have been in the far country, it may be a sense of despair. How can I overcome what I have done? If you are a stay-at-home prodigal, it may be pride that at least you haven't lived like those people. Whatever is holding you back, place it in God's hands. There is joy in admitting that we need help. There is joy in realizing that the Father who endured our hurt will welcome us home with hands that are loving, with hands that are strong, with hands that are nail-pierced. Amen.